Okay, we now begin the ninth parak of Masecha Sota. This is the last parak. Um, and chapter 9 is a very long masech, a long chapter. It's almost like all Masechta. Um, the topic for the first, I'll call it half of it, is the extraordinary mitzvah of the Egla Arufa, this uh, decapitated calf, baby cow. So let me just explain this outside a little bit first to get the picture of what's happening. And then we'll actually go through the Psukim as an introduction, and then we'll start going through the Mishnayas Bez Hashem. So first... What's the story here? The story is in Parsha Shoftim, where the Torah sets out its vision for the importance of um, proper leadership, how to establish a king, how to wage wars, how to run courts, and so on, a just legal system. So at the end of the Parsha, we have the Parsha of this Aglarufa, which is talking about a situation in which um, a Jew is found lying out in the open, out in some field somewhere. He's been, you know, violently murdered. And no one knows how this happened, who did it to him. He's just this unsolved murderer. This poor fellow's lying there. So that is seen as somehow um, indicative of the failure of the leadership, the topic of Parsha Shoftim, um, in establishing a just Jewish society in Eretz Yisrael, where that kind of thing just couldn't happen, where murderers are running free and they don't care about the law and that people are getting murdered in the first place and that there could be sites that produce these kind of murderers and so on. So when that happens, um, there are essentially, this gets a little confusing for some people, I think, there are three different groups of people that essentially represent different parts of um, the leadership infrastructure in the Torah's view of Eretz Yisrael's administration. You have members of the Sanhedrin, you have members of the local Besdin, and you have members of the Kohanim. And they all have a role to play, essentially, to participate in this, bring it to everyone's attention, um, and essentially trying to get some kind of atonement for this, confessing what happened and insisting it wasn't their fault, um, bringing people's attention that this would be people's fault, the responsibility of leadership is to ensure um, that society is just and these kind of things shouldn't happen, um, and then asking Hashem for some kind of kapara. Now, um, there actually is a shita in the in the Gemara, um, Lazar Yaakov's shita, is that not only do you have those, but even the Kohen Gadol and the, and the entire Sanhedrin and the Melech, everyone has to come participate in this activity, again, to sort of understand from the top down that um, when bad things happen, it's partially the responsibility of the individual who made bad decisions, of course, um, but also partially the responsibility of the leadership who are expected to foster a just society and ensure people have the proper uh, guidance and, and enforcement and so on so that, you know, justice can thrive and people could could uh, not degenerate so badly. So I think it's a little confusing, so let me just say out the basic parts of the story here first. What happens is we find this murdered fellow, Rahman Litzlan, and um, we have these three different parties, like we said before, and there are two different locations. There's the location where he's found, and from there we're going to measure which is the closest city that has a Sanhedrin of twenty, a Sanhedrin of twenty-three, like a large bezin, and that will be the the, lo- the closest city to the corpse. That was the one who will be seen as being sort of the jurisdiction responsible for this part of the country, and therefore they're the ones who have to get involved in making the statements. We'll see in the pesukim. Okay. Now, once they're identified as being the ones who are measured as closest to the corpse. So then they will go down to a different location, not where the corpse is found, but a place called a Nachal Eisan. Like Rosh understands, that means like um, a dry riverbed, a harsh riverbed where nothing can be planted afterwards. They there decapitate a egla, and egla here comes out, it's 
a um, a calf less than two years old, it's a female cow calf, um, and it's it's um, a roof from an orf in the back of the neck. It's like um, it's chopped from the back, like with a cleaver from the, the back of his neck, and killed um, in that place. Somehow getting a kind of kapara, and it's not it's not really it's not kachim, it's not a carbon, um, but it's something else akin to that. Um, and in some ways, it's even symbolic of like the punishment that should go to the murderer himself. And uh, that's you know, in fact, if you look in, in Sanhedrin Nun Base, it says that the source learning how to execute a murderer is learned from how they decapitate um, the Egla Rufa. In any case, um, they will then the members of the Sanhedrin of the closest city will wash their hands with water, not with blood. Wash hands with water over the decapitated. Um, calf there on the ground in the Nachal Eislan. Okay? And they'll make a declaration. The declaration is essentially saying that we're innocent. It wasn't our fault this happened. We did what we could. We didn't, um, you know, we weren't remiss in our responsibilities. And then the Kohanim who are present will then pray for Kapara on behalf of the Jewish people. Now, the way we got into this topic in the first place, why we're we discussing Egla Rufa and End of Sota, how's, you know, what's the connection, is that if you recall back in the Two parakim ago, in the seventh parak, we said that these eight things must be done in Lashon HaKodesh. Um, one of the eight, and the last one we're dealing with here in our in our Masechta, is the Parsh of Egarufa, which means that the declarations that the members of the local Sanhedrin, not the Sanhedrin Gol, but the local Bezin, um, their declaration has to be in Lashon HaKodesh, as the Patsik specifies, and the prayer and declaration of the Kohanim has to also be in Lashon HaKodesh, as the Pasuk specifies. So that's what's going on over here um, in the big picture. Now let me show you the, the verses inside. What's fascinating is, um, Chazal understand that this refers to a very specific case, and there are lots of, like, miyutim, um, like, um, different words that specify, like, just how specific of a situation it must be. So let me show you inside. So I'm reading here in Parsha Shoftim, this is um, Sefer Devarim, Perik Chaf Aleph, so it's chapter 21 of the book of, in, in Dvarim. Um, and it says, Ki yimatse chalal ba'adama, when you find a corpse, it has to be sort of found there. A chalal means someone who's been like, visited a violent death. Uh, many Rishonim learn it means actually with like a metal implement, like with a sword or a knife or something. Um, although the Meiri seems to say even like a blunt, it just, it's that you see it was a murder, as opposed to someone who say drowned or was strangled, which you can't tell necessarily from looking at the corpse that this was a violent death. It could have been who knows what they killed him. Ba'adama asher Hashem nosen on the land, um, which means out in the open, as opposed to like sort of hidden beneath the earth, buried under something. Um, in the land the Shem will give you, that means Eretz Yisrael. This only applies in Eretz Yisrael. And it says, Larishta to inherit, which will exclude Yushalayim, which wasn't part of the original um, apportioned parts of Eretz Yisrael. Nofel Besadeh, who's like lying around, having fallen, so he's lying as opposed to being, you know, suspended off the ground, or something, he's lying around the ground, Besadeh, on the field, as opposed to, they say, on, on floating on water. Lon, and Lonoda, me hikahu. It's not known who the murderer is. If there's anyone knowledge of the murderer, even one witness, even a woman, etc., etc., that will preempt this whole parsha. V'yatsu zekeinecha v'shovtecha. So then, it should go out your elders uh, and your judges. We'll darsh from here the halacha that zekeinecha and v'shovtecha adds a total of five different elders, and these are the members of the Sanhedrin. They go out 
Umadudu el ha'arim asher svivos hechalal. They'll measure out to find out which of the towns is closest to this corpse. The assumption here is that there it's Israel, and this time there are lots of little towns dotting the countryside, and there'll be, you know, close by, there'll be one or more towns, and we're measuring which is the closest. Even if it's obvious which is the closest town, like it's a no-brainer, it's right outside one given town, still there's a mitzvah to do the measuring, so they'll measure it out. And the town which is closest, measures closest to the corpse. The elders, the members of the Bezin of that closest city, will take an Eglas Bakar. An Egel is a calf in its first year. Egla would be a female calf. Since it says bakar, which means like kind of like a cattle, a cow, it says even in its second year, so it's sort of even an adolescent, if you will, um, calf. Asher lo uban ba, asher lo mashcha baol. It had never been worked. It never pulled anything by yoke, like it never was a draft animal. Vahoridu zikni ha'ir ha'hi es ha'egla el nachal eisan asher lo ye'aved. Bo velo yizarea. The elders of that city shall take that that calf to a nachal eisan. Rosh learns an, a nachal is a wadi, okay? And a wadi is a place that has water in it sometimes of the year, like a river, and sometimes it's dry. Um, you've seen them in Eretz probably. So Rosh learns the nachal eisan. Nachal means the like the valley, meaning the river bed of that wadi, and eisan, which means like hard or harsh, uh, means it should be like you know rocky. And here asher lo. Yeavedbo, um, which is actually it sounds like it will not be worked in the future, and lo yizarea won't be planted in the future because the iser comes in to ever use this land again. It should symbolize like the cutting off any farther, any further developments. Just as like this poor calf is being axed and will not longer produce, you know, come to fruition and produce produce and offspring. Um, in this place, which is harsh, they can't produce, that won't be planted, it's not going to produce. Just like the poor life of the person who's lost, his, you know, his time came to an end early before he could fully produce all the Paris is going to produce. So, um, and they will decapitate from the back of the head this calf at the wadi floor. The Ramam learns um, that a nachal here is referring to not the River bed, but the river itself, and etan means like it's, it's like briskly, you know, strongly flowing waters. That's the Rambam's approach. Vinigshu hakohenim bnei Levi. So now the Kohanim are getting involved in the story. Kivam bachar Hashem elokecha l'sharso ulvarech b'shem Hashem, and they, Hashem chose them to be His servants and to bless the people in the name of God. Val pm yia kol riv v'chol naga. They're the ones who were designated to be the ones to. Um, Decide on all kind of arguments, um, financial arguments, and naga. These are nagaim, for example. You need a kohen to rule on, like a tsaras. V'chol zikni ha'ir ha'hi. All the elders of that city, which is closest by, hakrovim el hachalal. Yirchatsu es yadeim al ha'egla ha'arufa v'nachal. They will wash their hands over this decapitated calf at the wadi floor. Amru, and then they will respond and say, now it doesn't say who, okay, um, but we're talking here about the this, in verse 7 here, Pasuk Zayin, this is the elders, they're saying it. And the Va'anuva Amru, they're responding and saying, that is going to be the basis of the Gezerah Shava, we've seen this already before in the previous Prakam, back in 
chapter 7 of Sota, that Anuva Amru was an expression used by the Levium when they stood at Har Griezmann Har Eval, um, went doing those blessings and curses, and that had to be done in Lashna Kodesh. And the Gezer Shava says that this too must be done in Lashna Kodesh. So now, this is one of the two declarations that must be done in that Lashna Kodesh in Hebrew, made by the local Bezdin. And they say, Yadenu, our hands, Lo Shafchu, were not, did not spill Es Adam Hazeh, this blood. Of course, of course, no one's thinking they actually were the murderers. Um, but the point is, um, they weren't remiss in, in uh, ensuring that their community provided the proper solidarity, the proper food, the proper escort to ensure that this person should get what he was doing in a safe place. And we certainly didn't see, meaning we, weren't, we didn't see anything that we shouldn't have seen in terms of we could have helped the situation. They say we're innocent of all that. Um, and then, now, um, the next, there's some missing word. I mean, Pasuk Chesna begins, it doesn't say explicitly, um, but for example, the the uncle does say, the Kohanim then say, and this is the Kohanim's declaration, they say, Kaper la'amcha Yisrael, um, a request to Hashem to please atone for your nation Israel, Asher Padisa, um, Hashem, that you, that you redeemed, meaning from Egypt, Valtiten dam naki bekerev amcha Yisrael, and don't um, let, like the, the guilt from the innocent blood be on your people Israel. lahem hadam, and and let them get atonement for the blood that was shed over here. A request for the atonement, and then the the whole section ends with hadam Now this is a mandate that you should still um, remove whoever's responsible for shedding the innocent blood. If you find the murderer later on, this this hasn't. Granted him atonement. This is like a makeshift, um, but if he actually is found, of course he has to be punished. You must do what's right in the eyes of God, meaning you have to still punish him and bring him to task. Okay? Bring him to justice. So that's the parsha, and that's sort of the big picture here. And let me see now the Mishnah Insight here. Mishnah Aleph starts out as follows It says, Egla Arufa, Belashna Kodesh. Egla Arufa, the parsha, meaning the declarations that are said both by the local Bezdin as well as by the Kohanim, must be in Lashna Kodesh, Shene'emar, as the Pasuk says. Now we quote a Pasuk here which is, Ki Yimatse Chalal Ba'adama, end quote. And that quote is the beginning of the parsha of the Egla Arufa back in Pasuk Aleph. But it doesn't actually tell you much of anything. And the Gemara says, well, how do you see from there? And it ends up saying, well, yeah, later on in Pasuk Zion, it says, va'anuva amru, and they respond saying, and that, of course, was Xer Shavu, like I said before. Okay, so the mission is not explicit, but that's what's happening here. Now the mission continues on and says, okay, now, so how do we play out the story of Egla Rufa? So it quotes the Pasuk, it says, v'yatsu zikenecha v'shofetecha, your Elders and judges shall go out. Now, there's some redundancy there. Why do we need both elders and judges? What it's talking about. So it's telling you that um, Zikenecha is telling you you need to have like two elders. It's plural. Um, Shoftecha is telling you that they should be like the supreme justices of your society, meaning members of the Sanhedrin. And since you can't have just two, zikinecha is plural, and it means two, of course, but you can't have just two because there's a rule. That we don't have a bezdin hashakul, as the mission will say. We don't, because the rule is acherab lahatos, when you have any sort of situation of judges deciding things, you have to go after the majority. And if you have an even number of judges, then you can't have a majority, and therefore you have to prevent that by adding an extra. So zikinecha tells you two, but you have to add a third, and therefore, says the Mishnah, shloshem bezdin hagadol shibi you need to have three 
members of the Supreme Court in Jerusalem, the Sanhedrin, um, and they would go, Hayu Yotzin, they would go out and be the ones who do the measuring from the corpse to the close of the city. Okay? That's the Tanakhama Shita, you need three. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, Chamisha, you need actually five of them. Shneim, as the Pasuk says, and it's he, the same Pasuk, Zikenecha Veshoftecha, but he says, listen, Zikenecha tells you the first two, Shneim, Veshoftecha tells you Shneim two more. Now, you need Shoftecha, I still tell you members of the Sanhedrin, but the extra Vav in the Veshoftecha tells you the limit of the extra two for a total of four, but you can't just have four. Ve'en bezdin shakul, you can't have an equally weighted bezdin of infinite numbers of people. You wouldn't have a rabim, and therefore, mosif aleim od, echad, you add one more, bring a total of five. So five members of the Sanhedrin are doing the measuring um, from the corpse to discover or define which is the closest city with, the, which, with its own bezdin of 23, which is responsible to participate in this Eglarufa procedure. Halachas like Rabbi Yehuda, meaning the Raman Paskins, you need to have five members of the Sanhedrin doing the measuring.